Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. We bless your name. Good morning, Way Church family. I'm so glad that you chose to join us this morning for worship. As always, I I don't take it for granted that you would tune in to worship with us with so many churches um, that are going digital, uh, that you chose um, to worship with us. So I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for your presence on this morning. And I pray something is said or done um, that helps you along this journey that we're called to walk in. Uh, I pray that we have some men uh, with us this morning. Hey, if you if you can do me a favor, I know we've shared this during worship, but if you can do me a favor, we're in Men's Month here at the Way Church, um, so I've, I've I've been intentional about pouring into our men and making sure that my sermons are catered specifically for our men. Not saying that women can't get anything out of it, but I'm I've been intentional about pouring into our men. So here's what I need you to do: tag a man, invite a man. Tell a man to tune in, and if he can't watch us live, uh, please encourage him to watch the replay because I believe God has given me a word uh, to encourage men in this season. I've been on this series called The Making of a Man, and I talked about um, on our first Sunday in October, I talked about men in his likeness, and I said that we have to be shaped in his likeness. Then I talked about on last Sunday, I talked about men who lead, and I want to just continue in this theme of the making of a man. So if you could go with me to Genesis chapter two, Genesis chapter two, and I want you to go to verse number 18, verse number 18. We're going to look at verse number 18, and then we're going to jump down to verse 21 and 22. So Genesis chapter two, verse number 18, and then verses 21 through 22. And I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible reads as thus. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I will make him, watch this, a helper comparable to him. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. That's good news to me. Now let's look at verse number 21 and 22. And the Bible says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. I want to read verse number 18 again. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, It's not good that man be alone and I will make him a helper comparable to him. Oh, that's good news. Let's stop right there. I want to minister from this subject this morning, a man who loves, a man who loves. Like I stated earlier, I said that we talked about men in his likeness. I talked about men 
who lead. But this morning, I want to talk about a man who loves. First John 4 and 8 reminds us that God is love. That, that, that means the entire essence of God is love. Stay with me. His mind towards us is love. His, his motives towards us is love. And all that he manifests in us is love. This means that love was the foundation of our birth and love is the foundation of our being. In other words, men were created by love and created to love. If you're a man this morning, you've been created to love. This is why verse 7 of, of 1 John 4 declares, Everyone who is born of God knows God. And even more, uh, our creation in God and our connection to God is determined by how well we conceive love. Uh, that means we're not men of God. God, hear this, until we learn to manifest the love of God. Y'all got to stay with me. You can't call yourself a man of God until you learn how to manifest, watch this, the love of God. So, so we can't declare that we live for God until we have the love of God. So the question is, what is the love of God and how can we be men who love? That's the critical. If I can't call myself a man of God, I've got to ask myself, what is the love of God? And how can we be men who love? This word love in 1 John 4 is the Greek word agapio. And it's not simply unconditional love, which many of us were taught, but it means to actively do what the Lord prefers. In other words, we've got to learn how to love with his might. Uh, we've got to learn how to love with his mind, and we've got to learn to love with his motives. I don't love until I learn, watch this, I love with his mind. I love with his might. And I love with God's motives. In other words, that means we failed to love as men until we love with his might. The ability to love the unlovable. I need his power to love. I've got to be able to love with his mind. That means the ability to love as he has determined. Not what I think love is, but I've got to love with the mind of God. And I've got to love with his motives. The ability to love without reciprocity. Oh, y'all don't like that, but I've got to love like that. If we can be honest as men, we will struggle with this type of love unless we are shaped by him who is love. I, I, I was, and this ain't just for men. Listen, many of us, I'm talking about the old seasoned saints. I, we will struggle with this type of love until we're shaped by the one who is love. God has to shape us. Men who love requires being made. I've got to be made into this man. And God has to do that work. And although this love is not limited, hear this, to romantic relationships. I believe the love exhibited between a man and his wife can serve as a seed for how the love of God is spread not only through us, but to other believers as well. I'm not, listen, I'm going to talk about this, this marital love that we should have for our wife, but I, I, I believe that that is not limited to the marital relationship, but we can learn a lot from the love that a husband exhibits a wife. And then why do I say that? Because most of the dysfunction that we see in relationships is rooted in what many of us witness in our homes. 
Y'all got to stay with me. The reason why I'm talking about the love that a husband has for a wife is because many of the dysfunction that we witness in relationships is rooted in what we witness in our homes. Stay with me. The abuse you dispensed today was witnessed in the home. The apathy towards your spouse that you do today, um, it was witnessed in your home. And the adultery that you delve in today was witnessed in the home. This means toxic love was normalized in the home. Therefore, the truth of God love needs to be normalized in the home as well. Ah, come on, stay with me. The, the marital relationship is the most intimate relationship a man can have on earth. And the marital relationship is intended, watch this, to reflect God's ideal for love. All right, this is why Ephesians 5 declares Paul likens the marital relationship um, of a man and a wife to that of Christ and the church. Therefore, if we can discern this type of love as men, then we can be dispensers of the love of God to all. If I can just catch revelation of the love that a, a husband needs to have for his wife, I can be a dispenser of love to all. And this morning, I want to examine a man who loves so that we can, in confidence, call ourselves men of God. So here's what I want to do. I believe that as God uses Adam to create Eve in Genesis chapter 2, it will reveal the manner in which a man should love. So let's examine our text. Let's look at verse number 18. The Bible says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I want you to stop right there. As God created the woman to help the man, in like manner, the man is created to help the woman. Y'all stay with me. In other words, a man's love for a woman should be supportive. That's my first point. If we're going to be men that love, our love must be supportive. I want somebody to put that in the comment box. My love needs to be supportive. This means as men, we must lift them, not lie to them. Ah, yeah, we got a whole bunch of liars, y'all. We must assist them and not abuse them. Ah, we must encourage them and not envy them. You know you got some husbands that envy their wives. And one of the saddest tragedies in marital relationships, especially those deemed to be godly, is that we have too many men doing more lying, more abusing, and more envying rather than being supportive. I've got a, I don't know if we got some men on this line this morning, but somebody said, need to put in the comment box, I need to support my wife. And hear this, you may need to question your love for your wife if your lying is outweighing your love. Ooh, somebody, somebody's questioning their love this morning. If your lying is outweighing your love, you might need to question your love, your support for her. So the question that men must ask themselves is, how have I supported the woman that God has called me to love? I've, I've got to ask myself that. If, if I'm going to be a man that, that loves, how have I supported the woman that God has called me to love? And better yet, would the woman in your life declare that you've supported them? That, now, that's a better question. Some of us want to ask the question ourselves, how about this? Ask your wife, how well would she declare that you've supported her? And why is it so critical for our love as men to be supportive? Consider 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7-8. I want you to put that in the comment box. Somebody put that down for me. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 
The Bible declares this. Watch this. It says, husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And, and, and some of y'all, y'all done, y'all, y'all done um, um, did some exegetical error with this text because the word weaker in this text is the Greek word, which means construct. Men have been tasked, watch this, with the constructing of their wives. You ain't know you was a, a construction worker. Somebody tell yourself, I'm a construction worker. In other words, men must love in a manner, watch this, that should build their wives up. Right, yet we have too many women or wives that feel beat down rather than built up. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. I've got to love my wife in a manner. I pray that I love Serena in a manner that makes her feel built up. But we've got too many wives, I'm telling you, sitting at home right now that feel more beat down than built up. Oh, the Lord, help us today. Emotionally, they feel beat down. Spiritually, they feel beat down. And sadly enough, some men, um, some even physically are beat down. Oh, help us today, God. We've got women who feel emotionally beat down, spiritually beat down. And some of y'all hear this, even are physically beat down. Uh, with your efforts, you should build her up. That, that, that's good news to me. With your embrace, you should build her up. And with your every encounter with your wife, you should build her up. Because what's, despite what some men believe, you're helping with housework builds her up. Oh, I'm helping somebody today. That 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 somebody say that's my effort. Your your hug when she has a long day at work builds her up. That's your embrace. It's building her. It's building her. Your presence and watch this attention when she just needs the vent builds her up. That that's encounter. That's good news to me, y'all. That, that that my helping with the housework can build my wife up. That hug when she's had a long day can build my wife up. Why she's just listening when she needs a listening ear can build her up. Ah, and the good news is you can start building today. You may not be certified as a construction worker as the world deems, but you can start constructing today. Somebody need to do some housework. Housework. All right. This is why First Thessalonians 5.11 declares this. Therefore, comfort each other and watch this edify or build one another just as also you are also are doing because your wife needs your support and your love for her needs to be supportive. Uh, somebody needs to support their wife this morning. And here's a word of wisdom. The more you support your wife, the more she can support you. I'm helping somebody. The more you build up your wife, the more she can build up you. Because hear this. Our text reveals that Adam never received his help, Eve, until Adam helped her, gave her his rib. Right, so Adam could not be built up until he built, built Eve up. Right, you wonder why she ain't helping you build your dreams? You wonder why she ain't helping you chase your vision? Maybe you have not built her up. Because her building up of you requires you first building her up. Somebody say, build me up, build me up. If it's a woman that's watching today and you got a husband, put that in the comment box. Babe, build me up. Oh, that's good. That should, that's a sermon right there. Babe, build me up. I'm going to use that another day, y'all. But we've got to be, our love needs to be supportive. If we desire to be men who love, then our love must be supportive. 
All right, now let's look at the next portion of the text. Let's, let's jump down to verse 21. The Bible says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. Now watch this. The test of your manhood is not revealed in how you wield your strength, but the test of your manhood is revealed in how well you submit. Consider our text. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. In other words, Adam submitted to the work of the Lord on and in his life. And as a man, you can't love her the way she needs to be loved until you submit to the work of God in your life. The reason you can't love her like she needs you to love her is because you have not allowed God to do a work in you. Watch this. Some man needs to stop trying to show that you're a man by putting your hands on her and let the Lord put his hands on you. Out of who? Somebody. Did y'all catch what I just said? There's some man out there that's trying to show his wife that he's a man by putting his hands on her. But you need to put your hands down and allow the Lord, our God, to put his hands on you. Somebody say, Lord, put your hands on me. Ah, men need to declare, put your hands on me, Lord. I submit. Uh, even more, why is our submission to God so significant and our ability to love our wives? Why, why, why? Because your willingness to submit to God will allow God to work out in you your willingness to submit to your wife. Y'all, did y'all hear what I just said? Your willingness to submit to God will allow God to work out in me my willingness to submit to my wife. Because how many of you know you need to submit to your wife? Y'all want the wife to submit to you, and God is waiting on you to submit to your wife. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. I'm not just giving you something that sounds good. Watch what Ephesians 5.21 declares. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says, submit one another out of reverence for Christ, y'all stay with me. Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. So while you're waiting on her to submit to you, you need to submit to her because a man's love for his wife must be submissive because even more, despite what some men believe, we submit because there are times when our wife knows better than us. Oh, that y'all, some of us got to let that pride go. Sometimes your wife knows better than you. She knows that's not a good deal to sign. She knows that's not a good decision to make. She knows that that's not a good dream to pursue. Therefore, our love must be submissive. And herein lies one of the reasons why men don't know how to have a submissive love. Somebody say pride. I said it earlier. You know enough. You know more and you know what's best. The devil is a lie. And therefore, watch this, pride has poisoned your love for your wife. Some man just needs to submit. And this is why Proverbs 16, 18 declares, pride goes before destruction. Oh, y'all said, some of y'all setting yourselves up for destruction because you don't know how to submit to your wife. Some men have destroyed their money. They've destroyed their ministries. And they've destroyed their marriages because they allowed pride to take priority over submission to both God and their wife. Oh, 
I know too much. That's why I don't do church. I know too much. That's why I ain't with that church stuff. I ain't, I ain't trying to go to church. And pride is getting in the way and destroying your marriage. I know more. I know what's best. So that's why I don't listen to her opinions. And pride is destroying your marriage. And here's a word of wisdom. Stop thinking that she don't want you to make the deal, make the decision or even chase your dreams. Some of y'all just say, ooh, she just don't want me to make that deal. She just don't want me to make that decision. She just don't want me to chase my dreams. But maybe she's just discerned what was wise. Some of y'all get mad at y'all wives, but really she's just discerned. That's not a good deal. Y'all know women got discernment. Uh, some women got more better discernment than men. I would, I would just say that. I would, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just believe that sometimes women have better discernment than men. Stop letting pride destroy your stuff and start submitting and letting her discern. Remember, she was created, watch this, to help you. And this is why I love for our wives, must be submissive. So I said that our love must be supportive as men. And our love must be submissive as men. And now let's look at the next portion of our text. The Bible says, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Hear this. If your, de your decisions begin and end with you, then your love for your wife has ended. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. If all your decisions begin and end with you, then your love for your wife has ended. Why do I say so? Consider our text. It required the sacrifice of one of Adam's ribs to secure what the Lord had promised him. Stay with me. And there are times that the promise over your life is dependent upon how well you sacrifice for the sake of your wife. The reason why some of those promises haven't manifested is because you don't know how to sacrifice for the sake of your wife. So hear this, your love for your wife must be sacrificial. Now my third point is our love is sacrificial. What am I trying to say? At times, your intimacy with her may be more important than that interview. You're, at times, the family time may be more important than that football game. And hear this, your date night may be more important than that Black Friday deal. Somebody say sacrifice. It's not that he want, she wants to take everything you enjoy, but there are times when your wife needs to see your effort to sacrifice. It's not my, 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 my wife know I like Florida State football, but at some point she wants to know that she's a bigger priority in my life than FSU football. She, she, I, I, my wife knows that I need to work to put food on the table, but at some point, my wife just wants to know that that work is not a bit more priority than she is. She's looking for a sacrifice. And watch this. It's interesting to note that Adam's need was not met until he met Eve's need. Woo. Watch this. So hear this. Maybe the reason your needs have failed to be met is because you failed to meet her needs. Sacrificial love. Uh, somebody tell you, um, tell you, put in the comment box, I need to sacrifice. I need to sacrifice. This is why we're admonished in Ephesians 5 and 2 to love one another. Watch this, sacrificially. Just as Christ sacrificed himself for us. 
The Bible says, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet, sweat smelling aroma. So the critical question we've got to ask ourselves as men, as we endeavor to love our wives, what have we given up or in other words, sacrifice for the sake of our wives? I've got to, I, 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 I don't care how long you've been married. If you've been married one year, you've got to look over the course of that year and say, Lord, what have I sacrificed for the sake of my wife? I don't care if you've been married 22 years. I need you to look over the years of your marriage and say, Lord, what have I sacrificed for the sake of my wife? And watch this. Sacrifice is simply the contemplation, the consideration, and the commitment to view the decisions of your life through the lens of one flesh rather than through the lens of simply your own. I want to I give you that definition again. Here's sacrifice, marital sacrifice. It's simply the co contemplation, the consideration, and commitment to view the decisions of your life through the lens of one flesh. And, and that, that me and my wife are one flesh rather than through the lens of simply your own. Why? Because your, de your decisions involve her. Your decisions impact her and your decisions should be in the best interests of her. Therefore, before we make a decision as a man, we've got to ask ourselves, how does this decision involve my wife? I've got to ask myself that. How does this decision impact my wife? And even more, how does this decision keep her best entrance in mind? This is going to save y'all men a lot of trouble. Start asking yourselves these questions before you make a decision, and then you won't have to sleep on the couch. Because the answers to these questions will help our decisions and our love remain sacrificial. And watch this. Beyond asking yourself these questions, how do they involve her? How do they impact her? How, do they, how are they in the best interest of her? Maybe a better way, if you can't answer those questions, why don't you include her? Woo! Some of y'all making decisions and you're not including your wife. If I don't have the wisdom to understand how this impacts my wife, how this involves my wife, how this is in her best interest, you know what I can do? Just involve her in my decision-making process. Ooh, I hope that helps somebody stop making decisions solo because if your decisions are solo, they're less likely to be sacrificial. Ooh, so, somebody needs to put that in the comment box. Somebody needs to hear that again. If my decisions are solo, they're less likely to be sacrificial. Uh, Mark 10 and 8 reminds us that a husband and a wife are one flesh and a husband's love for his wife must be sacrificial. Listen, I'm going to be out y'all way, y'all. I'm almost done. I said that a man's love must be supportive. I, I said that, that a, a man's love not only should be supportive, but a man's love should also watch this. It should be submissive. And then I said a man's love should be sacrificial. Now, let's look at verse number 22. The Bible says, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. As God is making you, as he is making you, the man, he is all, we also must be patient to allow God to make our wives. Stay with me. Notice the progression of our text. The Bible says Adam was supportive. 
Adam was submissive, and then Adam was sacrificial in verses 18 through 21. Yet it was not until verse 22 that Eve was made. Y'all got to stay with me. And brought to him. And the word made in our text is translated from the Hebrew word banah, which means, watch this, to build. So hear this, can you bear with her as God builds her? Ah, uh, y'all, here's what I'm trying to say. I, I, our love must be steadfast, steadfast, steadfast. Ah, uh, y'all know how they, how when you take them vows, it says, can you love her for better or for worse? Well, there's going to be some times where God is, as God is building her, there's going to be some worse that we're going to have to witness. But can my love be steadfast? She may not always say the right thing, but will your love continue? She may not always display the right attitude, but will your love for her continue? She may not always do the right thing, but will your love for her continue? Because watch this, as God continues to construct her, can she be confident that your love for her will continue? Remain steadfast. Uh, some of us, you know, we, we got some of our wives just don't know. You love her today and you don't love her tomorrow. Because just as God is building you, she's building her. So my love and our love as men has to remain steadfast. Watch this. This is why 1 Corinthians 13, 8 declares that love never fails. That means people may fail to include our spouse, but our love for them should not. Ooh, now that, that was good because this, this helping me. Boo, listen, my, I, won't, I hope my wife hearing this. Listen, God's love doesn't fail, but people do, all right? But my love must still remain steadfast. There's going to be times where I'm going to fail my wife. There's going to be times where I'm going to let down my wife. But my prayers that my wife continues to love me. And it's in like manner as husbands. There's going to be times where your wife is going to fail you. But God says love never fails. It must remain steadfast. So the question you must ask yourself as a man is, what happens to your love when your wife fails you? Some of y'all get bent out of shape. Some of y'all act like y'all can't talk to her. What happens to your love when your wife fails you? Because at some point, even while God is building her, she will fail you. God is the only one who does not fail. And if the love of God is in us, then our love, especially for, for our wife, should not. Did y'all hear what I said? God is the only one who does not fail. And if the love of God is in me, even when, I'm, when people fail me, my love for them should not. Oh, here's a, here's a word of wisdom. We must continually remind ourselves that we are both being built up and this revelation allows us to extend grace and love to our wife even when she fails. Just remind your own self that you're being built up. Since you, since you can't get over the fact that she didn't say that right, remind yourself that you're being built up. Just because you couldn't get over the fact that she didn't cook you your favorite meal on this day that you was just waiting on because she, your love is not meant to fail because you're being built up. As God builds us and bear with us, we should bear with our spouse. And this is why a man's love for his wife must be steadfast. It must continue. So hear this. I want to end with this. We may not like this, but it is the love 
or the lack thereof that a man displays to his wife that will determine if that wife will leave him. Y'all stay with me. It is the love or lack thereof that a man displays to his wife that will determine if that wife will leave him. If God, as God makes us as men, it's necessary that we allow him to make us into the men who love. As men, we must love one another in this fashion, but especially as it pertains to our wives. Our love for them must be supportive. Our love for them must be submissive. Our love for them must be sacrificial. And our love for them must be steadfast. But I, but I believe in verses 23 of, through 24 of our foundational text reveals why this type of love is so significant for the men of God. But watch what it says in verse 23. The Bible says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones. Somebody say my. And flesh of my flesh. Somebody say my. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. It's significant to note that Adam says my twice concerning Eve. In other words, he sees him and Eve as one in the same. In other words, as one flesh. Therefore, Adam's love is likened to the greater commandment that Jesus gave his disciples in Mark 12, verse 31. Watch, watch this commandment that Jesus gives his disciples. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When a man can love his wife as himself, that is a love that is secure. I hope y'all heard what I, when you can start loving your wife as yourself, that's a love that is secure. And God's, watch this, not only is that love secure, but God's command for our love for our wives is satisfied. That's good news to me. Not only will my marriage now be secure, but God's um, commandment over my life to love is now satisfied. We please both our wives, others, and most importantly, the Lord, when we can be men who love. Let us love as the Lord has commanded. That should be our prayer. God, let us love as you have commanded. We need our love to be secure. But more importantly, we want God's command for us to love as men, to be satisfied. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, you, you, are, you are the God of love. And matter of fact, your word declares, God, that you are love. So, God, we thank you for your example. We thank you, God, that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die for us. And in that manner, God, you loved us. And for that, God, we tell you thank you. God, I pray, God, for every man that's watching, that's struggling in how to love their wives. But, God, we thank you, God, for this revelation today. God, that you've taught us, God, that our love should be supportive. God, help us to support our wives. God, let us lift them up and not lie to them. God, let us assist them, God, and not abuse them. God, help us, God, to be supportive, God, we pray. Build them up, God, so that they might build us up. And God, we pray, God, that our love for our wives might be submissive. Many of us are trying to yield and wield our strength so that our wives might submit to us. 
but not so, God. Let us first submit to you and the work that you need to do in our lives, and God will submit to our wives. God, because if we can learn to submit to you, you will teach us how to submit to our wives. Matter of fact, God, God, I pray for the pride over some man's life this morning. Somebody thinks that they, they know more. They know better. They know enough. But not so, God. Many of us, God, have wives with great discernment. So, God, help us to, to submit, even, God, to what they have discerned. And, God, we pray, God, that our love for our wives can be sacrificial. Help us to sacrifice, God. It's okay for us to put down the video game at some point, God, for the sake of our wife. It's okay to turn off that football game, God, for the sake of our wife. It's okay to stop chasing a dollar, God, for the sake of our wives. Help us, God, to sacrifice. She just needs to know, God, that something does not have greater priority in our lives over our love for her. And God, we thank you, God, and we ask that our love might be steadfast. Your word declares, God, that love never fails. Help our love to never fail. As you're building her, God, we know, God, at some point she'll fail us. Matter of fact, God, we've failed our own wives many of times. So let us catch that revelation, God, that we are both being built. And God, as we catch that revelation, it'll allow our love to remain. And we thank you, God, that we'll see and love our wives as ourselves. Somebody, God, needs to love their wives as themselves. Help us today, God, that our love for our wives might be secure. And your command for us to love shall be satisfied. We love you. We adore you. And we bless your name. And every man, I pray over you this morning that you'll be men who love. We struggle with love, God. But God, we declare on this morning, we'll be men who love. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. There may be somebody that's watching and they say, I, 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 I can't love because I have no clue about this love that God loved me with first. I, I, I never knew that while I was yet a sinner, God sent his son to die for me. The Bible says in Romans that that's how he demonstrated his love towards us, that he sent his son to die for us. And somebody is saying, I just caught that revelation this morning. And Pastor Keith, I want to give my life to Christ because the only way that I can dispense love to my wife is if I receive the love of Christ. If that's you this morning and you say, I want to give my life to Christ because he first loved me. The Bible says all you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you shall be saved. What am I confessing? I'm confessing that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And what else am I confessing? I'm confessing that I found the right savior. I know that he died for my sins. He was hung on a cross. He was put in a tomb, but he got up three days with all power in his hand. I believe that. And not only do I believe that and I confess that, but I believe and I confess that he shall now be Lord over my life. He'll direct my every path. 
He'll direct my every thought. He'll direct my every word. And I'll let him and I'll allow him to lead my life. If you confess that with your mouth, and if you believe that in your heart, the Bible says you are saved. Let me pray for the one who made that decision this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the, the heart now that has been given over to you. God, we thank you, God, for your immeasurable love towards us. Matter of fact, God, your word declares, God, that your, your mercies, your love is new every morning. Thank you for that kind of love. Somebody, God, took hold of that love this morning. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you, God, for the security that we now have in salvation. For Jesus declared, anyone the Father puts in his hands, no one can take away. Let that soul know on this morning, God, that their salvation is now sure and secure. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We rejoice with you because the Bible says that even when one comes, heaven rejoices. So as, as heaven rejoices, this church is rejoicing with you this morning. And hear this, we want to help you walk out your salvation. Nobody's called to walk out this journey alone. So I'm asking you, if you made that decision this morning, email our church at churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Somebody will be in contact with you and we'll help you walk this thing out in a way that will please God and glorify him in the earth. And somebody else may be saying, I, Pastor Keith, I know y'all church not open yet, but whenever it does, I need to be connected with this local body. I'd love to be a shepherd. I'd love to help you walk out this journey as according to God's word. And as a shepherd, I don't take that duty lightly. The Bible says shepherds were the one who used to protect the sheep. Shepherds were the one who fed the sheep. Shepherds were the one who guided the sheep on their way. And as long as you're on this earthly journey, you, you need a shepherd. This pastor needs a shepherd. And I want to help you walk out this journey. So you may be saying, I want to connect with this local body. And I want to make the Way Church of Tampa Bay my church home. Send us an email as well to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. And somebody will be connected with you. Matter of fact, I'll reach out to you. I'll speak with you. And I'll let you know how glad I am to now be your shepherd here in the earth. I, I love you, Way Church family. Hear this. I know uh, we're going to have some announcements, but I don't want you to forget that on next week's Sunday, we have our fall harvest of help. So we're having an outreach, but it's not just limited to the community. It's limited. It's also open to our church family as well. I'd love to see you on the 25th. We got all kind of stuff, y'all, that we want to be a blessing to people. And then it's new. Somebody say new, <laughs> not used stuff, but it's new stuff. And we want to be a blessing, home good items, things that will kind of help you in this journey um, because this has been a difficult season, but we want to help lift that burden as much as we can as a church family. So, hey, I love you, Way Church family. And at this time, we're going to have MIT Andre Walker come and take us um, further in the service. He'll come and do our announcements and our offering and our benediction. MIT Andre Walker. Thank you, Pastor Keith, for that word for the men in the world today. I pray that everyone took away something that will apply to their lives. Now we are going to move further into our service with our offering. Every time we give, we further God's mission here on earth through the work at the way. 
I have had the opportunity to serve at many outreach events and the members of this community are so blessed by the continued giving. Remember to seek God in your giving and remember if the willingness is there, our gift is acceptable and pleasing to him. God wants us to be a chill forgiver and not to give out of compulsion. There are two ways to give here at The Way. You can give on our website at www.thewaytampabay.org and click on the giving tab. It will take you to a secure PayPal link. Or you can give via cash at, at dollar sign The Way Church of TB. Now I'm going to move into our church announcements for Sunday, October 18th, year 2020. Virtual Children's Church. Parents, as a reminder, that at 12.30 p.m., we will have our monthly virtual children's church. Parents of youth ages 4 through 11 make plans to have your children log via the Zoom link that was sent via this week at the way. Our lesson will be fun and interactive so that our children will learn about God's truth in a format just for them. Men's Month. The month of October has been set aside for Men's Month at the way. In addition to our Sunday sermon series, we will have a weekly midweek wisdom for men and seven days of prayer by our men during the final week of October. Our desire is that our men will be strengthened and stretched as we allow the Lord to make us into men. Fall harvest of help. This season has been trying for many, and it is always our desire to extend hope and during this season. Therefore, on next week, Sunday, October 25th, from noon to 2 p.m., we will host a fall harvest of help, where we will be providing clothing, home goods, and more of both our members and the community who could use these items as a means of help. Save the date and join us if you are in need of just a little help. Now I'm going to go into the benediction. I would like to close with Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with the everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident. Because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.